dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who travel through. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon Where's your cat? I have three, actually. Yeah, I could have predicted that. Where are they? Um, honestly, they're probably sleeping. Okay. I think one of them I actually heard through the wall. I think, um, I think she snuck into the closet in our bedroom. And another one I know is sleeping. The third one's probably hiding. She's a Welcome, everybody. This is Doug Drescher for Asbury Park Vibes in my little section of heaven called Seen and Heard. I'm very excited today. We have a singer-songwriter with us named Jackie June, and I've already spoken too much. So, Jackie June, welcome to uh, Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Thanks. I'm excited. This should be fun. I promise it will be fun. Uh, Anytime we do interviews with Groupon, I always make sure that I work extra hard so you get your values worth. Excellent. Uh, so, Jackie, uh, in, in doing a little bit of the research, uh, first, uh, let me just proffer so you know that you really have a, an absolutely amazing voice. It really, you know, whoever does the recordings for you, make sure that that cuts right through. It doesn't get in the way. Uh, and the message is very nice, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but you list yourself as a singer-songwriter, and I was always curious, what exactly does that mean? um i guess it means that i sing and i write songs um yeah i mean i i play a little piano so i don't always necessarily label myself as a musician Mm -hmm. um i i guess some people might say that i am and i think a lot of people consider singer songwriters musicians um but yeah i'm more of a top liner when it comes to writing so i write melodies and lyrics um, I don't really write much of the music itself. I co-write a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I sing. So that's, I guess that's where it comes so, from. So really, you could be listed as a singer, melody maker, songwriter, <laughs> lyric writer. But then, uh, then, the pronoun, you know, then the adjectives get too long, and then it's, nobody's it's interested. Yeah, I just lose them at that point. Uh, but, you know, you're, the, the songs that uh, you have on your on your EP Wildflower that I was listening to the other day. And, and I know you have a a single that you've recently produced. These are very personal stories and, and you could hear that that comes through. Uh, Were you always both introspective and, and, and uh, 
sort of melody maker from the beginning of Jackie June's existence, or is this something that you found later on in life? Tell us, how, how do you become this? Sure, yeah. No, I mean, so my story's kind of a weird one, I guess, when it comes to the journey of music. I mean, I've always been musical um, in the sense that, you know, I was always making up little weird songs when I was a kid. I was always... Uh, performing in front of, you know, the camcorder, <laughs> aging myself, for, um, you know, for my parents. And I would hold a spoon like a microphone and sing Papa Don't Preach from Madonna or, you know, all the, the, the classic fun little 80s pop tunes. Oh, and can I point out that parents love the theme of Papa Don't Preach when they're, you yes! know, <laughs> when their nine-year-old daughter is belting out a tune about birth and, control. And they, my, they, I was like four. So oh, that's even better. That's even yeah, better. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's actually, it's on video somewhere still. It's really funny. Um, of all the possible songs that their, you know, their child could have chosen. That was, that was mine. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I was always musical. I was always, you know, super involved in, I, I always loved singing. Um, I did a lot of like I was in choir and I did some musicals and things like that when I was What in- what was your high school I I saw this coming. What was your high school musical that you were in? Which which ones? Was it Guys uh, and Dolls? Was <laughs> it Jesus Christ Superstar? Was it Oklahoma? Which one was it? Uh so the so the big one I did was The Wizard of Oz and I was Dorothy. Congratulations. Thanks. It was exciting. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I did a little bit of that. Um, but as far as, you know, as far as songwriting and, and taking it, I guess, more seriously, um, I really didn't start until about three years ago. Um, really? I, yeah. Yeah. I, I always looked at music as obviously a big part of my life, but I kind of, as a, as a consumer of music. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, as someone, I guess I deprioritized it as something that I wanted to create in my life. Um, I spent a lot of time really focusing on work and, you know, um, doing all the, you know, the quote unquote normal things that you're supposed to do as an adult and really kind of thinking of music as just a hobby, you know, it's just one of those things that's fun and whatever. And, you know, a few years ago I was kind of just reevaluating my life and kind of figuring out what it was that I wanted out of my life, what would make me happy. And, um, I started voice lessons again, just to kind of get back into singing. Um, and I started voice lessons with this amazingly talented woman, Jess Hudak, and she really became my mentor. And she was like, you, she, she's the one who told me she thinks that I'm an artist. And I was like, what do you mean? I just, I like to sing. What are you talking about? And she's like, I really think you should start songwriting. And so we we actually wrote the entire EP together, um, the Wildflower EP. And actually, we wrote my recent single as well together. And uh, yeah, she's she's kind of what what gave me the confidence to to start pursuing this and doing it. So after 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 your high school glory years of being the, uh, were you in mar- well, I have to ask, were you in marching band as well? Not at all. No. Okay. So you no. you didn't play an instrument, but you were in you were in the stage club. So you got to be Dorothy. You didn't do anything through college and after college by way of singing, or were you just sort of screaming along in the car and in the shower? 
that was, yeah, I didn't do anything. I was really, uh, I was out there in college a lot, supporting a lot of indie bands in New York and, and, and as a, as a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was definitely always in, in New York and always in the city at all the different places, just checking out all the indie music and, and wishing I could do it, but never really having the confidence. Um, so in college, which were the bands that you found sort of spoke to you in a way that you now find that you want to speak to the people who listen to your music? Oh gosh. I mean, there, there's actually two bands that they're not even around anymore. Uh, one was called Carbondale. They were really great. Um, and funny enough, they, uh, I was actually going to back then I was going to, before Maroon 5 was even big, I was going to see Maroon 5 down at the Bowery Ballroom and uh, Carbondale had opened for them. So, and I got really into that band. And then there was a band out of Long Island called Last Week. And the lead singer is actually like a big time songwriter and producer now for like Shawn Mendes and Demi Lovato. And, you know, he's, he's incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean, those, those guys were pretty great. Sure. What, what I find interesting, not just about the music, but even just in the bio that you post, even the term wildflower, I mean, you specifically picked a, a title for your EP that has a very sort of special connotation of, you know, the wildflower that overcomes all the odds that can sort of grow through the cracks of a cement that can withstand a storm, that sort of thing. And then to hear that after high school, you essentially took a break, but you've been given physiologically and emotionally, you've been given this gift of singing. Part of, part of what you write about is uh, it, it says, find the courage to speak your truth. So three, four years ago, something happened where you were like, wow, I can no longer not speak. You know, what was going on where you decided to listen to your own advice? Um, I was definitely going through some personal relationship issues and changes in my life um, where I definitely lost myself. And I think that that that's really what led me to say, all right, you know what, Jackie, like what, what, what would make you happy? What do you want out of your life? What is, what is your passion? What, what is it that, you know, uh, that would make you feel good? And, you know, for me, that's always been singing and that's always been, um, music in general. Um, so, you know, when you go through an experience that, is, is difficult and you're kind of forced to reevaluate yourself. I think that's where you get, you know, some clarity sometimes. And that's, that's what it did for me is, you know, luckily things ended up working out great in that relationship. And things also ended up really great in terms of, you know, allowing myself to be creative and, and, and do what I love and that I've been kind of pushing to the side my whole life. Sure. So as a singer-songwriter, and, and earlier you mentioned, uh, and, and I guess you see this with a lot of bands that don't necessarily make it big, but they stay in the music industry. So you were saying that someone you had met years ago or this band now is sort of writer for other musicians. Yeah. Which do you find, I'm not going to say more satisfying because I'm sure you appreciate both, but which do you find much, I guess, most satisfying? Is it the process and then the the creating the song or the actual performance of it, say live. Oh my God. It's the live performance. I'm not going to lie. Like, and I don't think I realized that until this whole pandemic 
started. Um, I, I find songwriting, the actual process, um, it can be very exhausting and very frustrating, but when it's done, that feeling is incredible. Cause you're like, sure. Oh my God, all that work. And now I've got something really cool to show people and to share. And, um, you know, so that part's great. I'm not one of those artists that loves being in the studio. Um, in fact, most of the time I actually dread it up until recently. I think I've gotten a little more comfortable. I think it's just cause you, you feel a little bit more like under a microscope, um, you know, listening to your voice over and over and over again and things like that. But um, the producer I'm working with now is amazing and has made me feel incredibly comfortable. Um, but yeah, since I was doing a lot of like touring earlier this year, like January, February along the East coast. And once all this, you know, started with COVID and, you know, a tour got canceled and, you know, like 20 shows or something got canceled for me. And I'm sure for many other musicians and, um, just like a lot of other musicians, I started trying to do the live streams and it just wasn't the same. There's something about being in front of a live group of people. Like even if it's like two people, which it definitely happens a lot, you know, even if it's just a small group of people, you know, there's nothing like feeling the energy of, of, of real life people in front of you when you're performing. Have you been able to take advantage of some of these outdoor shows that some of the venues are trying to put together? Yeah, I did a couple recently. Um, I played at a coffee shop in Edison, but I also played at um, Crossroads in Garwood. Um, mm -hmm. they, they built like a really nice outdoor space for music. So, you know, I did a couple, but <clears throat> I don't think people are really ready uh, to be going out to see live music um, just yet. I just, I just don't think we're at that place yet, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately not. And if we get a, an early winter, that kind of truncates some of that as well. I couldn't imagine being outside to see indie bands playing and having space heaters every four feet between us. It was, it was, it's, you know, and a lot of people I think are just there to get their coffee or their food or maybe see their friends that they haven't seen in a long time. And they want to talk. And as a singer songwriter, you know, when you go to see punk bands or local bar bands, that people are talking, that's just part of the gig, right? You yeah. expect that. But I would think that the experience of enjoying your performance as a spectator is to shut the F up and listen to the music. <laughs> I mean, you can only hope as a songwriter that people want to listen. It's not always going to be the case, you know, but, um, you know, it, it, it definitely does a number on you when there's nobody paying attention. <laughs> it's like you want to you want to yell out, "This is a really important part," and you're gonna miss. Yeah, you know. guys, guys, I spent a lot of time on this lyric. Just give me one second. And yes. Do you know how Do you know how long it took me to get through this cadence in the studio? Now shut up. <laughs> and you know, and it, it comes with the territory, you know. So you have to try to have a thicker skin, which is tough for me sometimes, you know, because it it is already. I do still struggle a lot with, with confidence and, and things like that, which I think is normal. And I think a lot of artists struggle with that. And so, you know, well, what I find amazing is the number of performers who will tell you, well, first off, the number of performers who are actually very shy people to begin with and the number of performers who have near crippling stage fright just before they go on. And once they go on stage, you think that they've lived on stage their entire lives. Yeah. It's, it's funny because you know, I tend to be a pretty introverted person and, you know, 
even though I would say like when I'm one-on-one, like right now I feel super comfortable and I tend to be very outgoing and, and chatty, but you put me in a room with a ton of people and I, you know, I kind of go into my little turtle shell and it gets, it gets a little overwhelming for me, but when you're on the stage, it's, it's a different place. And I think it's, I think a lot of it is a control thing. I think it's, when you're on the stage, it's your, it's, it's, it's your room at that moment. It's your space. But you know, when you say like in, when you're in a big room, you sort of go into a turtle shell, I would bet any sum of money that you may not be overtly outgoing, but aren't you listening more attentively to everyone else's conversation? And isn't that where some of the thoughts come for ideas? You're hearing bits and pieces of conversation. People are talking. I mean, that's the fascinating part about being in a a busy room is hearing what everyone else is saying. That is true. That is definitely true. I think the hardest part is getting out of your own head though, because I think as someone, and I openly admit this, you know, someone who has pretty bad anxiety and is, and is quite insecure a lot of the time, it's very easy to get distracted by your own thoughts. Um, and I talk about that actually a lot in my songs about just like getting stuck in your own head and, you know, fighting your own inner demons and things like that. Cause I, I do struggle with that. So yes, to some degree, but I think I find myself very distracted by my own ridiculous. That, that voice telling you that this is a good time you can leave without anyone being offended. Right. Nobody will know. No one will know. I'm just going to sneak out here and I'll tell everybody what a great time I have. Yeah. Um, Take us through the process. So you're at the local Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. You're picking up your honey pretzels. You got your, you know, your your cream soda, whatever. And and you, you have a couple of words in your head. From that initial seed of a thought, take us through the process of making that into something and then finally having a finished product that's a song. Yeah, sure. That's so funny, by the way, first off, that you mentioned Trader Joe's because I'm a Trader Joe's addict. And apparently that's like the only place I'm willing to go nowadays. <laughs> we uh, uh, Trader Joe's just opened about three miles from my house and the entire neighborhood is so excited. It's so great. And yeah, I'm drinking I, Trader Joe's coffee right now. We were talking about coffee before. I'm so excited. We're going to have more microwavable rice than I could ever possibly eat. <laughs> Um, but as, as far as your question, I get distracted very easily. Um, as far as your question goes, um, so yeah, so it's funny cause that's actually how a lot of the ideas come to my head. I'll be like in the car or even in the shower or wherever, like somewhere super random. Um, but I pretty much rely on my phone, uh, in terms of writing notes. Um, I probably have like a ton of song ideas on my phone that are in bits and pieces whether it be like actual like lyrics or notes that way or voice notes. I have a ton of voice notes with melodies and ideas um, that sometimes I just don't come back to. Um, You know, it really depends, but that's, that's usually where it starts for me. And then you, you bring that home, you maybe hit a key or two on the, on the, uh, on the piano. Uh, Are there musicians that you work with exclusively or, or now that we have, sort of a, a phrase or two in your head that you've probably sang to yourself a number of times in the car mm-hmm. where the people next to you in the next lane think that you're having a conversation with who, you know, God knows who, you know, sometimes I am. No. <laughs> how, how does that phrase, how does that little melody that is now played in your head 45,000 times then become a recording? So, um, at that point, yeah, I kind of think about, 
what I want the song to be about. I kind of, you know, cause sometimes it'll just be a line or two that I get that I'm like, Oh, that's a really cool line. Like, let's try to build a song around that. Like, what would that even be about? What does it mean? Da, 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 da. You know, do I want it to be, is it a ballad? Is it going to be an upbeat song? And a lot of times, you know, depending on who I end up collaborating with, the song completely takes a different turn. Um, I definitely would say I write the most with Jess, um, the vocal coach I mentioned that I wrote all, the whole EP, the Wildflower EP with and, and Can't Quit You with. Um, but I've written, I've written with a few different people. In fact, the song that I'm writing now, uh, or writing, recording now, uh, I wrote with, uh, Jimmy Meyer of the Dives and, uh, it's our, it was our first time writing together. We had kind of talked about collaborating and I was like, you know, I have this idea. I started writing it during quarantine. Let's get on a zoom and, and let's see if, you know, what, I'll see what you think of it. See if you want to work on it with me. And sometimes that's how the collaborations come about. It's, you know, people who've been wanting to collaborate for a while. So I'll pull something out that I think might make sense to work on. And yeah, the song came out really cool and I loved writing with him. So hopefully. Uh, so how, how possessive or not possessive are you or are you of that initial idea when you when you bring someone to work with you because they may interpret it much differently and the output may be completely different than what you started with. I mean, to be honest with you, it's up until production, I would say in terms of writing, I haven't run into too many issues where I'm like, okay, this is not the direction I was going in with this song. Um, but I think that's why you try and write with someone at least once also to just kind of get a sense of what that kind of connection or chemistry is with that person. And will I be able to communicate to them? Are they going to try and dominate and take over the situation and turn it into something I don't want it to be, you know, and I am still a very new songwriter compared to a lot of other, you know, people. So for me, I haven't had a lot of experiences with people, to be honest, where the songwriting, you know, sessions have been, awkward or uncomfortable or where the person didn't listen. So I've been very lucky at this point that um, the experiences have been pretty positive. And, and then the bands or the musicians you record with, are those also the people who are in your live performance setup? I no, So no, not necessarily. It really depends on the song. Um, so for my, e so Jess actually tends to record all the piano for me. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's, she, and she actually does a lot of backing vocals for, for some of my songs as well. Um, I tend to hate harmonies. So I'm just like, Jess, just do it for me, please. So she did, she did harmonies for, um, on the move and for can't, can't quit you. Um, but as far as the other instruments, it really depends. A lot of times whoever's producing it will, uh, play a lot of the instruments. Um, uh, there was a drummer that I was working with. He's great. John Laurie. He's in um, a band called Triple Addiction. He played live for me a bunch. And so he did the drums for On The Move. So it's all different people. And, and Jimmy's going to be doing or is doing the drums for the song that we just wrote. So all different people. So so you you have sort of this uh, this fa uh, this Felix the Cat bag of tricks. You know, you have your songs and then you essentially you have to bring them to people who didn't necessarily know them beforehand when you put together your live act and they have to learn those songs all over again or at uh, least learn them first time. So, yeah. So, I mean, it really, it really depends. I mean, I would say as far as 
most of my shows are acoustic. Okay. I usually have like just one other musician with me. Um, my friend Rory Delasno, who's also a singer songwriter in the Jersey music scene. Um, he plays guitar for me a lot. Um, occasionally I'll have someone hop and on and do the keys lately. I've been feeling a little more comfortable. So I've been, I've been playing some songs on the keys myself. Um, but yeah, when, if, especially if I'm doing a full band show, um, that that's where things get tricky and I have to be like, all right guys, that's like a lot of work. It's, Oh my God. I've, I've only done a co- I've only really done a handful of, if that of full band shows, I think only like two. Um, I love them. I think they are, there's such a different energy when you have a full band. Um, and the songs I think really lend themselves to full band shows as opposed to, I mean, I think they work fine acoustically, but they have uh, a different vibe when we do them full band. But uh, so, but so when you're having that initial thought, do you know, or do you hear in your head, this is going to be an acoustic, this would be a better full band song, or does that morph itself later on as you're reexamining your original thought? It really, I mean, I would say in terms of, in terms of recording, it's, it's pretty much always going to, I haven't done anything just acoustic, but in terms of performance, it really depends on the venue and, and what I've booked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say in most cases, um, it, they're acoustic shows in general, like they're just smaller acoustic vibe kind of places. Um, but the full band shows, one of them was a, a festival in Philly. It was down on South street. So it was like a big event. Sure. Um, they really wanted full bands to have like that full energy. And then, um, the last time I played full band, I was opening for Tiffany at Debonair music hall. And, uh, that was kind of going to be a bigger, you know, full band vibe. So that's, that's kind of where that went and, and why we did that. I remember when Tiffany first broke a million years ago and she did live performances at the mall, not too far from where I grew up in North Jersey. It seemed like she, like all of her performance spaces had a a food court next to it. And (laughs) she's like the mall singer. That's, I mean, that's amazing to meet somebody like Tiffany. Did you get a chance to chat with her and talk about her history of being a singer songwriter herself? You know, we didn't have an extensive chat by any means. Um, she was lovely. She was very nice. Um, what was kind of cool, though, is um, she was the first real, like, I guess, national, you know, touring kind of artist that I had the opportunity to support. Um, and she was also, again, I'm going to age myself. It's but okay. I, uh, my first, um, my first, like, vinyl record when I was a little, little kid was Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember like, I was probably like five years old or four years old or something. And, uh, my parents let me go into the store and pick out a record and, and Wait, I, not to age yourself too much, but what store did you buy the, the record at? I don't even, that's how little I was. So I don't even remember to be completely honest with you. Okay. Um, and I still had the, the record actually. So I brought it with me. Um, and I told her the story about how it was really cool that she, it was kind of like everything kind of came full circle. Mm-hmm. My first record now, granted, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's not like I, I've been following her, uh, her, her life since the eighties. Um, but it was still a really cool full, full circle moment for me. And I got to tell her a little bit about it and show her the album and all that good stuff. No, that's really, that, I'm sure that's a lot of fun for her as well. So you list as uh, influences uh, Michelle Branch, Rachel Platten, Lady Gaga, Adele. Um, I hear a little Alanis Morissette in there as well, but you probably just ran out of space to uh, put in there. Uh, 
if you could co-write a song with any of those people who you love, um, who would you pick? Oh my God. First of all, I love Alanis. Like, yeah, I, I was, I, I got to tell you, I was surprised that I didn't see her name on, on in your bio. Because <laughs> I, I would have picked Alanis Morissette before Lady Gaga, but you know, that's just me. I'm a pain you in the know, ass. About those I would say Lady Gaga is an inspiration to me in terms of her songwriting abilities. I sure. think that it's like hit after hit after hit after hit. And I, um, I just personally, I wouldn't say I would. I would never compare myself to her from a stylist. Of course, of course, um, or a, or a vocal uh, perspective. But uh, she's definitely one of my favorites and one of my inspirations. Well, but... let's stay with Lady Gaga for a second. Her, yeah, her her natural talent is immeasurable. I mean, it's stunning. Yeah. Do you find the theatrics sometimes get in the way? Because, like, when you go to her concert, you're not going to a concert for singer-songwriter. You're going for a visual and sort yeah. of uh, music experience. It's it's a it's a spectacle. But her it, but when you parse out her lyrics, uh, there's like a great message there, especially a message for uh, young women and the LGBTQ plus or whatever else I need to add in there. Yeah. But, but do you find that? the package gets in the way of the message at all? I, you know, I think for some people it can. I think that if, if you're not someone who dives deeper into um, what's behind all of that, it can easily get in the way. I, you know, I have, I have friends. In fact, I think Lady Gaga is very polarizing because of that. And I think that, you know, I have friends who absolutely can't stand her. And I'm like, if you actually knew the, you know, the, the meaning behind her messages or, you know, a, a lot of the things that she says in interviews are just fascinating to me. You know, I think some people are just so turned off by some of the, you know, the dramatics and the theatrics, like you said, um, of, you know, what she's wearing or how she's performing or her, you know, her choreography or whatever that it can get in the way. I mean, for me, I think it adds to it because I don't think you have to exclusively be a serious songwriter or, you know, a performer. I think you can be both of those things. And that's what I think is so incredible about her. You know, like, I, I, I don't want to bash anyone here, but like Britney Spears, amazing entertainer. Okay. Amazing entertainer. She's super fun to watch. You know, does, does she really have a lot of meaning behind what she says or does or but 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 somebody like britney spears has always been presented as essentially a a spectacle and and there's not much more to that it's a very visual thing and and there's a place for that i love britney spears i think she's fun you know um you know but you know and then there's also the singer songwriters you know that you just see pretty much like sarah Bareilles, who i absolutely love also behind her piano and she's singing and, and, and that's what it is. I don't think you have to be exclusively one or the other. And I think mm-hmm. that's what Lady Gaga does. And I think that's what makes her unique in my opinion. So is there any possibility you may craft a dress out of tofu just to sort of, you know, uh... I've thought about it. I've thought about, you know, um, no, it's very, very <laughs> I'm not, I'm not quite the risk taker. That yeah, I mean, maybe we can get Trader Joe's to sponsor your tofu dress. Oh <laughs> my God. It better be pumpkin spice flavored tofu. Right. Right. Or I'll be very disappointed. 
Now let's. I'm not letting you off the hook on the other question. Who oh, yeah. who would you want to write and duet a song with? Yeah. So one of my music inspirations, and I I know people have mixed reactions when I tell them this, is um, the band Hanson. So Hanson was like the tw- the twelve year olds from Australia. Okay. So no, they're three year old. The three-year-old. There were three brothers from Oklahoma. Oh, okay. And they had they had one really big hit called Umbop. Yes. Sure most of you remember that. I remember. It's um, part of my DNA from having cable TV. There you go. See, yeah, they were everywhere back in in the late '90s. You know, and uh, what people don't know is that they're actually they've been they've been doing music ever since. So. Well, they're certainly a much better band now than they were when they were twelve. Oh, see, okay, yeah, they 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 are. They're they're incredible songwriters and. I've always uh, admired them for that. So I think that would probably be my dream collaboration is to do um, is to do something with them um, because I don't I don't look at it as oh I want to work with the most famous person you know I want to I I would want to work with the person or the people that have really inspired me musically and and they really have to be honest. Uh, that's not a reference I would have bet any sum of money if I had to list. <laughs> 412 possible answers that would have come in at 10,023. See, I love that. It's unexpected. <laughs> now, now it, uh, in your live set anyway, do you ever explore reinterpreting songs from from them as a cover? You know, that's funny. I when I first 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 started playing out, I did cover a song of theirs called This Time Around. Um, and I never really brought it back. I think, I think I've found that a lot of times, you know, you have to be really careful about which covers you decide to do because I think, you know, obviously you don't want to just pick the obvious covers because then people start comparing you to that person. And or they think you're just a cover band. Exactly. Exactly. But then you don't want them to be so obscure that people are like, what, what is she singing? Like I, so people really like, you know, I do some Adele covers and I do some Michelle Branch covers and the Michelle Branch one, whenever I do uh, everywhere, which was like her big hit um, people, people almost forget that they knew that song. So when they hear it, it's nostalgic, but it's also exciting to them because they completely forgot it existed. So they, there's a familiarity and they say they, I know the song, but yeah, you know, they have to figure out who it's by. Right. And I think that that's, those are the fun covers in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions that I like asking the different people that I've had a chance to chat with, um, not counting the state festival that your parents took you to and you saw music under the big tent, right? That doesn't count. Okay. What was your first real concert experience? Who did you see? What, why did you go to that particular show? And, and what was the experience that you had? Well, this is, this is, this is not even going to change the conversation that much because it was Hanson. Oh, goodness. <laughs> So you saw them at the PNC Art Center or at the Brendan Byrne Arena? It was actually, you know what, it was actually, um, it was for a radio station. Uh, my childhood babysitter had won me tickets to go see them at, uh, up at the Meadowlands, but it was like the Meadowlands Expo Center in Sea Caucus. Okay. Um, and it was, uh, it was like a Christmas show or something. And I just remember like, I couldn't even go to school that day because I was like so excited about the fact that not only was I going to my first concert, but it was going to be my favorite band. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would say 
I mean, that was definitely my first concert. I'm trying to think though, if there was like a bigger, what like my bigger first concert might've been. I don't even know. Yeah. The Meadowlands Expo Center doesn't count. You know, when was the, when was the first time you went to a place like Madison Square Garden or Irving Plaza or something? Yeah. Maybe it might've been like one of those like jingle ball things, like a Z100. Z100. Like one of those like concerts did, where it's like there's like twenty people that they play on Z100 and they all perform in one night. Did did regular people actually win tickets to that? Um. So yes, and it was a. It wasn't me though. It was definitely a friend of mine, and she's mm-hmm. like, no. So yeah, it was probably one of those, or it could have even been like In Sync or Goo Goo Dolls. Mm-hmm. Like those those were people I was definitely listening to a lot when I was you know young. I remember that uh, for people who somehow got to go to the Z1, and Z1, for those who don't know, Z100 is the, the big top 40 pop station in the New York area. Yes, yes. It was like somehow they were royalty to the rest oh, of us yeah. plebes who couldn't possibly get tickets to such an event. <laughs> and those tickets were expensive if you were to buy them. Like, yeah. Like ridiculously expensive. And No, the whole fun was that you had to list. I mean, I didn't because I, I wasn't interested in doing that, but you would list, you'd have to listen to Z100 23 hours a day. And then yeah. you'd hear the special jingle ball theme and you had 10 seconds to dial in. Yeah. You know, I used to try to win Yankee tickets. That was my big experience. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever win? And, um, I won tickets to see, I used to listen to Vin Skelsa on WFUV. I won tickets to see Yola Tango at Maxwell's in Hoboken. Okay. Go see you want something. I won something. Well, I was the only fool up at 3 a.m. on a Sunday night when he was on back uh, in the <laughs> Love it. I love it. You do what you got to do. Uh, sometimes you don't have a choice, do you? <laughs> right? Very true. So you have an EP. You're building up your head of steam. You got your East Coast trip. And then like the birthday party that gets canceled, COVID hits, and then you're stuck. Uh what goes through your mind at the beginning of that of, you know, what am I supposed to do next kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so I think like a lot of other people in my position, people in the Jersey music scene or any, I guess, you know, local music scene, regional music scene. Um, we all wondered like, uh, what, so now, now what are we supposed to do? Now what? Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what, (laughs) you know, and I, um, I had just released a single in January. And so all of these shows were really scheduled to, you know, obviously promote myself as an artist, but also promote the single. And, um, a lot of really cool opportunities were coming up that were just completely like all canceled and indefinitely postponed. And so I definitely had my emotional moments of, I can't believe this. Like things, things are finally kind of, you know, taking a, an upward trajectory and now literally nothing is happening. What, am, you know, what am I going to do? And so at first there was definitely a pity party without a doubt. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no, you know, beating around the bush, but um, you know, eventually I, I, I kind of took a step back and, and took a look at the time that we were also being given um, to try to improve upon my writing, my piano playing, my voice. Um, so I took some master classes. Uh, I also, 
work really hard on, like I said, my piano. I got my little, my little guy over here. Um, and, you know, tried to be uh, productive, but also not so hard on myself. Um, because I think you have to remember that this is out of everyone's hands. It's not you. It's not that you did something wrong. And I think it's very easy to, you know, put, put blame on yourself when things don't go right. Um, and, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what was just a roller coaster. Was there a particular show that you binge watched that, uh, you were oh. looking forward to again? Oh my God. What did I binge watch? I, I've watched so many shows on so many different like streaming platforms. Um, I think I finally finished Homeland. There was like a lot of shows that like I, I had been meaning to finish like for a really long time and I never did. Um, what else did I watch? I've, Honest, I'll be honest. I have not watched a ton. I watch a little bit here and there. We're watching Quantico right now, which is really not piquing my interest. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what else I watched. It's. it's it, I think it's interesting. There's so much content out there. I think I don't watch anything because I don't know where to start. It's like an infinitely large pool, and I don't know where to jump in. It's so true. It's so true. And you know, um, I think. I also tried really hard to stay away from watching too much, I guess, because I wanted to be productive um, in other ways as well, like with music. I didn't want to fall into a trap for myself personally. Like some people are great at managing their time. They're, they're like, okay, I'm going to do this now and then I'll watch my show later. Me, I would end up on the couch for like three days straight watching a show. Um, sure. Just how I work. Um, so... Yeah, I I know I watched more shows than what I just mentioned, but I literally and my cat literally just went to the bathroom in the litter box behind us as we were talking. I'm so glad this video will not actually be uh, shown. So that that may <laughs> that may be my next TikTok. So you never know. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on TikTok. I'll tell you that it is a it is an endlessly deep rabbit hole of complete yeah. nonsense, but it is it's engaging at uh, times. It really is. I've learned more about Flat Earth Society and people named Karen on TikTok. <laughs> people named Karen. I love it. Man, there's a lot of people named Karen in this country. It's quite. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So what's, assuming that by springtime the world will survive and thrive, what's next for Jackie June Industries? What do you, what's, what's <laughs> on the tarmac or at least what would you like to have happen next? And I would love for a lot of those shows to be rescheduled for sure. Um, one of the tours was supposed to be like in the Midwest, which I've never played before. So it was kind of exciting. So hopefully that will happen. And, and I'd, I'd imagine you're hoping like many that these local venues can stay afloat long enough to well, really open up. Yeah. Again. You know, and that's the other thing, a hundred percent. Like I, I, where are we all going to play? <laughs> That's definitely a concern, I think, for, sure. for a lot of us. Um, so, you know, I know I know that there have been a lot of really great, um, you know, fundraisers and, and events and things to raise money for venues like The Saint, for example, you know, sure. and, and, you know, people really coming together to try and save uh, the music scene all over. So hopefully that's being done in other places as well. I'm obviously 
only super privy to what's been going on here in New Jersey, but um, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, you know, live music will, will kind of come back uh, at, at a great course uh, this spring. Um, will you be I, doing any more recording and maybe coming out with a, either another EP or, or a full album? I don't see a full album in my future. Um, I think for, I mean, maybe in the long term, potentially I need to, I need to write a lot more. Yeah. Um, but as far as songs, yeah. So I have, uh, it's not completely done yet. There's a cover, uh, collaboration I did, uh, with, uh, Just Hudak, uh, that will be releasing at some point soon. I won't say what it is yet. Um, and, but it's really fun. And then, um, you know, another original finishing up in the studio actually hopefully will be done the next few weeks. So I kind of have to figure out, you know, an action plan for that tune and then just going to keep writing and, and hopefully release something every, you know, few months. And just to show the people that your head's still above water and you're yeah, still I'm creating. Still here. I'm still here. I promise. Sure. <laughs> Well, uh, we've been spending the better part of an hour with Jackie June, a, a gifted songwriter with really just a, a, a just a natural ability to sing and tell stories. Jackie, it's been a pleasure to chat with you or Zoom with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to the springtime when the world hopefully opens up again and we can get some live video of you uh, singing. Yay. <laughs> uh, uh, but until then, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, it was a pleasure chatting with you. It was a pleasure watching your cat do its business uh, <laughs> behind your uh, right shoulder. Uh, every day is an adventure in uh, Zoom land. But uh, oh, anyway, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care. I know, I know, I can't fight it Even though I try, I can't hide it You got that energy All I wish I could be And that's why I like you I think you're crazy too Shop. Both sides of my candle ignited. I'm overexcited. Let's get into trouble. Yeah. I can't quit you. Even if I wanted to, you can't beat me. I run to you. You're the only one who truly sees me.